0: Well, we're going to take just a few minutes and have uh, a, a Torah study. Let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. This week's Torah portion covers so many different laws and when we look through them we might say well I don't know how these apply to me and which ones are important and which ones aren't. You know there's a law about uh, what do you do when you go to war and you capture a beautiful woman. And it, it tells you how to, how to take her captive and bring her into your family and I can tell you we're not doing that anymore. So we actually have a higher rule which is you don't take captives like that. And you have new rules of warfare and engagement. But when we look through the laws, we can see something. And and that is just because someone becomes religious or has been religious even for a long period in their life, it doesn't mean that they know what's pleasing to God. It doesn't mean that they automatically know what's right and that they're prepared to do that. Knowledge is one thing, but incorporating what we know into our lives is the most important thing. And so there are so many of these laws which we read about and we have to discover what's pleasing to the Lord and then use our best efforts to actually please Him. So it's not automatic, and this is important because it means that we have to learn how to please the Lord. We have to learn what is pleasing to Him, and we have to grow up in our hearts and in our minds and our character so that we can become strong as people who do please the Lord. It's also possible to be very religious and not have a relationship with God. It's possible... By comparison, to be a lawyer and a crook. Right? Where you know the law, but that doesn't mean you're honest with the law. It's possible to know the scriptures and to know the laws in the scriptures and yet not to be a person of faith. We're we're warned not to simply depend on our ritual observance but to understand this, that a faithful relationship with God is a personal relationship with God. A faithful relationship with God is demonstrated in our character as well as in the way that we live. Now there's a second thing that we learn from the readings, and and that is that we have to learn how to love. Yeshua said the two greatest commandments have to do with love. What's the first one? To love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And what's the second one? to love your neighbor as yourself. And so it's interesting that these are not suggestions, they're not just ideas. Yeshua didn't say, hey, try this, maybe it'll work. Try loving God. In fact, the Scripture teaches us that we can be commanded to love God. That's very important because it it helps us understand that we need to have spiritual authority over the way that we practice our love. We have to learn to love God. But what if you don't feel like loving? You see, many people think of love as as an emotion. They they love when they feel that emotion, and if that emotion is absent, they don't. The, The psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. There are times when you have to take spiritual authority over your own emotions, over your feelings in order to be faithful, in order to do what's right, in order to do what's pleasing to God. And there are times when you will not feel like praising the Lord, and yet you will say bless the Lord, O my soul. And how do you make yourself strong? It's by exercising that spiritual authority which you do have. It's by saying I'm not going to give in to this other way of thinking and feeling. I am going to bless the Lord. But what do you do if you're empty? You have to get filled. You have to stay filled. You have to be refilled. It's important to understand that you can't just do this in your own power. This is why you need the Holy Spirit living in you. It's not enough to have the Holy Spirit around you. You need to be full and you can be full of the Holy Spirit. And God has made it possible for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How is it possible? Through our faith in Yeshua. He died for us And he became an atoning sacrifice for us to pay for our sins, but he rose to heaven in order to send the Holy Spirit who would live inside of you and inside of me. And the Spirit of God inside of us changes us and changes our potential to do good and our potential to live with God. Now I I know that there are times when challenges can take our hope away from us. Sandy and I were talking recently, we, we want to sell our house. We're at that period in our lives where we would rather live in a condo and have less burdens if you will, but everybody who's ever downsized knows what a burden it is to try to unburden yourself of your stuff. <laughs> And in this day and age with HGTV and stuff, if you want to sell your house, it feels like you've got to remodel it for the next person. You know what I'm talking about? So it's not easy. And, and we put our house on the market hoping it would be easy, you know, because we love the Lord and everything should be easy. <laughs> Isn't that true, Chris? Right. I love the Lord. He's leading me. It should be a piece of cake. Right? Almost there. Yeah. <laughs> But we, we haven't gotten any offers. And to tell you the truth, the other day we were a, we were a bit discouraged and processing things and, and I said to Sandy, you know what we need to do? We need to say this. We need to understand the Lord is leading us, right? And so we're not trapped. You see, if God is leading you, it doesn't matter what the current circumstance is, you're not trapped because He has yet one more step for you to take, and He may make a path for you where there is no path. And so we decided that rather than just feel sorry for ourselves and the lack of progress, we would thank the Lord for every good thing He's done that we could think of in the last uh, days, recent days, and weeks. And we had so many. So some were small, some were big things. And we started thanking the Lord for all those things in detail. After 30 or 40 minutes, we were finally finished with that. And you know, we started feeling different. And we were ready to go about our day with a good attitude. And that's when we got a text that someone wanted to see the house. (laughs) And so, oh no, now we got to clean everything up, you know, which wasn't on our schedule. So we did that and then later in the day uh, I, or the next day we heard that these people really liked the house. Now that's good because we need someone who likes the house. <laughs> and uh, that really encouraged us. And so over the weekend we were hoping that that would turn into an offer or something and it didn't and, and you know what happens when your hopes are like raised up and then nothing happens? Everything's great. No, when, when your hope rises up, but you don't see something develop, it becomes disappointing. Isn't that, isn't that true? And so I think it was by Thursday, you know, we were kind of disappointed, you know, because nothing's happened, no further communication. And, you know, what do you do? We had a discussion. Is it better to hope? and then be disappointed or not hope at all so that you're not disappointed. <laughs> How many of you have ever been there? And it turns out if you give up on hope, there's one English word that describes your condition. Hopeless. That's right. You become hopeless. And if you have hope, what are you? Hopeful. hopeful. Okay, so here's the choice. Hopeless, hopeful. Which would you prefer? Hopeful. A hopeful that's right. So we went with hopeful. And I know this, that when you choose to be hopeful, you you will have disappointments too. Not everything will happen the way you want. And what do you do? I I feel that our hopefulness makes us strong so that when we are disappointed we can recover quickly. There are times when life is disappointing and you just need, need to feel bad for a while. Some of you, you know, this may be shocking, but I remember deciding I'm going to feel bad for the weekend. And on Monday it's a new day, I'm starting over, everything will be fine. And then I've had times where I thought, you know, the weekend's way too long. This does not deserve a whole weekend. I'm going to feel bad for one day. And then there have been times when I thought, you know, a day is really too long, an hour. I will feel miserable for an hour. But there are some moments when I thought, I'm going to feel bad for, I don't know, five minutes. And then I'm moving on. And I have realized this, our hopefulness is like a muscle. And if you use it and make it strong, it will recover. And you can get your strength back, even after disappointment. But if hope has not been developed in you, when you go through difficulties you'll experience the disappointment but you won't have the strength, that hope muscle is too weak to recover with. And so I have concluded it's better to be hopeful and then disappointed. Recover from the disappointment and keep going on. And it makes me stronger and I think it makes you stronger when you do that too. And that is far better than being hopeless in order to avoid disappointment. It reminds me of a a young Messianic leader who, who once asked me, do I really need friends? Because friends can hurt you. And I knew enough of his story to know why he was asking this question. He'd just been hurt by some friends. And he was coming up with this plan. Maybe I can live the rest of my life without any friends, and that way I won't be hurt anymore. But the fact is, if you try to do that and you isolate yourself from people to protect yourself, you'll be hurt all the time. It's not that you'll avoid hurt, it's you will think you're avoiding a certain kind of hurt, but actually you're going to be living in a hurtful condition all the time. Yeshua had friends, and they hurt him. One of his best friends, Peter, acted like he didn't even know him when times were tough. And so we can learn something from from the Lord. We can learn to strengthen our hope and and to continue to be strong in him even in times of challenge and times of difficulty. There is a a scripture that's quite challenging. We talked about it the other day. Psalm 100 verse 2. It says this, serve the Lord with gladness come before His presence with singing. And this is a a command to us to serve God with gladness. In Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 47 is a warning and it says this, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart even though you had abundance. All these other things have come upon you. So it's a warning. We, We have to get our hearts right with God. And when he says love the Lord your God with all your heart he's, re- he's really serious about that. That's not one of the top suggestions. It's the number one command. Yeshua was asked this question, what's the greatest commandment? And he gave a very clear answer. And so we need to come under that spiritual authority and what do you do if you don't feel like loving God? You do it anyway. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Well what if you're disappointed? Work through your disappointment. Offer that to the Lord. Well what what if you feel sad? Experience the sadness and come before Him and let Him comfort you in your sadness. Keep close to the Lord and He will strengthen you. He will renew you. He will enable you to go forward. Now I have found that just because you trust in God doesn't mean it's always going to go the way you want it to. And I have found that God is not our errand boy, He's not just waiting for our commands, He's waiting for us to receive His commands. And so there are times when we will not receive what we want the way we want it. And what do you do? You you wait? But what if ultimately you don't get what you want? shake it off and keep going. Keep moving forward because God knows what he's doing. God knows what's pleasing to you. Can you imagine if you'd been praying in Egypt all those years and you said, I just want Pharaoh to become a believer. Because I love my house, I love the garlic, the leeks, the melons. You know, this is one great place. But Pharaoh didn't become a believer. And so what if you said, well, I'm just going to wait it out? You would have missed the exodus. You see, God had another plan. God knows how to redeem us. He knows how to rescue us. He knows how to save us. And when we say that we trust him, what we're really saying is we're going to trust him to do what he sees as right in the way that he sees is right, and on his timetable. It won't always go according to your timetable. How many can verify that? Because we prayed now Lord. (laughs) How about now? Now already Lord. He's not moved by our worry or by our pressure. He's moved by his compassion and his love. He only does what's good for us and what's pleasing in his, his sight. And he knows how to use even the challenges of life to prepare us to be people of faith and to continue forward. Well, I can tell you this. Um, we gave up really on a good response from the person who said they liked our house. And then yesterday, uh, just a few hours before Shabbat came, we got an email from a realtor, from that person's realtor who said they had to to go out of town, they've got some personal issues but they wanted us to know they're very interested in our house. And so, so I said, so Sandy what do you think? She said, that's good. I said, I agree, that's good. Is it better than not interested? Yes. Does it mean something will happen? No. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. And if it does, hallelujah. And if it doesn't, hallelujah. hallelujah. Right? I have that attitude and I know you want to have that attitude too. That we move forward, Kadima, and if things are a little bit more difficult or take longer than we thought or don't quite go the way we thought, you know what? Our eyes are still on the Lord for the joy set before him, Yeshua endured the cross. He wasn't a masochist. It's not for the pain. He knew that on the other side of his death was his resurrection. And on the other side it wasn't just about him, it was about you and me. On the other side of his resurrection was our redemption. And so he endured everything because he kept his eyes clear and focused. You and I need to do the same thing and we can. So I know some of you are, are, you're waiting. How many are in a position of waiting? You haven't yet received what you're waiting for? How many can confirm it can be disappointing sometimes when you've waited? And waited? And waited? And there are times when reality smacks you in the face, and you understand you're not gonna get what you were waiting for. But you know what? You keep going forward with the Lord, knowing this He loves you, He has a plan for you, and He will do good for you. And knowing one other thing on the other side of death is eternal life in the resurrection. And in the worst case, you wait for that. It's not the worst case. <laughs> it's not the worst case though this is preparation, this is practice this is where we learn to get ready for eternal life <laughs> So hang in there! <laughs> because the best is yet to come. Well we're going to stop right now. We're going to have a closing blessing that we're going to go next door for the Oneg and I encourage you to join us. We're not going to stay here. So don't try to engage uh, Rabbi Yuri or Robinson Nina or Rabbi Sandy or me in conversation here. We're all focused with a mission to go forward. So with that in mind, I want to invite uh, Javier. Can you and your family come right here? Turn around so everybody can see you. And Javier, do you know the shortcut to the O.N.A. Probably Those doors? Okay. Okay, so after the ironic benediction, actually during, not nah, after, <laughs> they're going to lead us. And all of you come join us next door, okay? And then we'll have an opportunity. We're going to thank the Lord for the food that, that we have uh, now so that when we're over there, you can come and you can congratulate this fine young man on his bar mitzvah. And give him mazel tov. So Lord, we thank you for Javier. We thank you for this wonderful day and for the life that he dedicates to you. We thank you for the oneg, that celebration that we will have next door. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Let's stand for the ironic benediction.